Confidence is a frequency and energy. Confidence is the freedom to be yourself. And this freedom is available to you when you feel safe in your body and your emotions. When you feel safe to be you. No masks, no hiding, no shrinking, no playing small. What if you spent less time thinking about the things you want and more time feeling worthy of them? What if you spent less time trying to change your body and more time trusting it? What if you were on the same team as your body and knew exactly how to nurture yourself moment to moment? What if your emotions led you to freedom rather than controlled you? This is where we're going together in our program, 12 Weeks to Confidence. We invite you to join us. Starting on the 29th of April, you will receive live coaching from Josephine and myself Facebook group for support and support from us throughout this journey. We've got an early bird rate happening until the 31st of March 2024, where you can save 400 US dollars to join us on 12 Weeks to Confidence. If you're interested in joining us on this lived transformation, email the word confidence to Josephine or Fiona. Our emails are in the show notes of this episode. And we'll send you all the information, including an opportunity to have a short free call with one of us to answer all your questions. We can't wait to see you there. We often think of well-being as one-dimensional. What if we look at it from a different perspective? The possibilities are endless. All you have to do is step outside the square. Let's walk this walk together and hold on tight for the ride. My name is Fiona. I'm a corporate wellness facilitator, body image and eating psychology coach, and a lover of joyful experiences. And I'm Josephine, a dietitian, somatic release therapist, and a recovering people pleaser and perfectionist. Welcome Welcome to Outside Outside the Square. Welcome. We're finally here. Wow. We're doing this. This is going to be fun. So if you don't know either of us, welcome. Today, this episode is for you. We're going to share a little bit about our journeys so that you know why we're doing this podcast and can connect with us before the rest of the episode. We've got a jam-packed season. We, I think, are so excited about all of the episodes we've been chatting about all of the topics that we want to share with you and be able to share our expertise and our knowledge in ways that work for you. So let's get into it. Fiona, would you like to start by telling us a little bit about how you started to work in nutrition or the emotional space, um, how you got to have such a deep understanding for the nuances of well-being? feels like a series of things that have brought me to where I am now in being the coach and the facilitator that I am. I have always been a foodie. There is a photo of me somewhere. Uh, Well, it's not a photo of me. It's a photo of my feet uh, as a toddler inside the pantry. So you see the pantry doors. I think I'm hidden because I'm hidden in the pantry eating peanut butter straight from the jar, which was my favourite thing to do as a kid. 
alas, I was not hiding and my feet were sticking out at the bottom. As we know, toddlers are not great at hiding or they're great at hiding in plain sight. So that was my little thing, hiding and eating. That was always something that I did. Uh, I used to hide food. I would collect it so that I always had it there. It was a, it was a really, really good emotional crutch for me for pretty much my whole life and still is in ways that I think are really mindful now and really purposeful in a way that they didn't used to be. So I've always loved food. I have always loved the experience of eating. So not just the food itself, but setting the dining table and putting the nice glasses out and folding the napkins in a different design and all of the other aspects that come along with the experience of eating. And through my own healing work of healing my relationship with food and moving it from a space of being an emotional crutch to something that is more mindful and more purposeful, I discovered how big our relationship with food is in the way that it links with the rest of our lives and the rest of well-being and the rest of everything else that's going on. So there were so many other aspects of my life that I discovered were playing out in my relationship with food. That was mind-blowing to me. So I was so excited to move into the space of learning how I can help others to think about their issues with food, with body image, with weight, with diet, with emotional eating, with overeating, binge eating. How can we help look at the bigger picture and heal what's going on in the other aspects of our lives that are actually being reflected through that relationship with food? So I did that. Uh, I started coaching in that space probably five or six years ago now and that journey in itself has been massive and huge and I'm a very different coach than I was back then starting just with focusing on food and it has expanded to become much more about well-being and life uh, and emotions and releasing and connecting back to ourselves and really looking inwards for the answers rather than outwards. Mm, yeah beautiful I love actually love hearing your full story because there's so many similarities with mine I hadn't heard that before so yeah thank you for sharing Fiona tell me where are the similarities with yours because I know we connected you know um for those of you who who um you know you a lot of you won't know us yet but Josephine and I met doing an emotional uh release and body work course together um, and we connected about our shared love of food um, and of emotions. But I think the last time you told me your story, Josephine, there was a lot more about how we we actually really had similar journeys. So I would love to hear about that. Yeah. So the I and when you mentioned the photo of you as a child in the pantry, I had an equivalent photo. I was I was couldn't walk. I'd crawled under the netting of a family grapevine at the end of the property and uh, mum had lost me but I'd just been there for so long just stuffing my face with grapes and mum tells the story that as a child I had a sensitive bowel and I was there to heal myself 
myself that I was eating to heal, like, you know, and that's persisted throughout my life that food has, as you say, been a comfort. And yeah, also something that supported my digestive health, either it's exacerbated it or it's soothed it. So as a baby, we're so intuitive. I knew that I needed to have a whole lot of grape skins probably to get things moving. But as an adult, it got so much more complicated because I was overthinking food, got to not, yeah, I would phrase it orthorexia as a teenager where I constantly thought about food um, and what was healthy and what was not and how much exercise I should do each day. Like I remember being on holiday as a teenager and in my diary, it wasn't we had a great day today. It was I went for a water ski. I went for a run, I played backyard cricket. So I was recording the things that were using calories as a record of my holiday. And like, just, yeah, how much joy did I miss from that period of my life by focusing on, on that? Um, and then when I left school, I wanted to be a doctor. And I was from a medical family, so there was... Not, never ever an expectation said that I should go and study um, a medical profession, but there was one that I sort of felt myself because I've become, um, that, that's my personality, perfectionist. And so off I went to medical school and at that point, you know, binge drinking comes in as well. So there was binge eating and binge drinking and a lot of anxiety that I didn't know what to do with. Like I was, I was numbing it with those things. And... Yeah, med school wasn't for me. The pressure to get in was so extreme and I didn't know what to do with those emotions. And because of my love of food, um, everyone around me was saying, study to be a dietitian or nutritionist. You love food. And yeah, I did. And came into this profession with with not a good relationship with food and with the idea that I was going to heal it. Um, And the program didn't heal it at all. I then went on to study, like yourself, body image, mindful eating, and started to share some of those tools with my clients around how to change your relationship with food yeah, and see it in a whole new way. Yeah. I have to say, I have a journal that is very similar. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> when I look back, yeah, it says, you know, Oh, I did so well. I ate this and I didn't eat this and then it all fell apart, but I'm going to start again tomorrow. Yeah. And surprise, surprise, we were the era of the 80s and 90s dieting mums. Like this was just the environment we were brought up in um, that, yeah, it was pretty prevalent. I suspect that many of you listening right now will probably be relating hard to some of what we've shared, you know, that, that we're just discovering this between ourselves right now, Josephine, and, and you know, we are not unique in, in that space, which is really why we want to be here sharing, you know, the door, the doorway that our relationship with food to everything else that's going on as well. And they're the spaces that we're so excited to explore. Mm, yeah. And then how did you get into the emotional work from there, Fiona? Oh, the emotional work was really a space for me after I did my original eating psychology work because I could identify what was going on for a a client 
Um, and I wanted to be able to help them release that and work through it straight away. So really then becoming more in tune with what our body's telling us, what our digestive issues are telling us, what our physical issues are telling us, even if they're not digestive, and making that connection and being able to process that and move forward. Mm, yeah, we do so. I think what I've loved about starting to do emotional release work um, or facilitate emotional releases for people is that you don't need to refer out to a psychologist or psychotherapist or another form of coach, that we are teaching clients a skill where they can process any emotion in their own time safely. And yeah, there's so much power there that. Once someone knows how to do that, whether they learn it from us in person or from even a video on YouTube, if you practice that skill yourself, you're no longer externalizing your your need to help to an expert, right? It's your body, your body intuition and understanding that language. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that type of work, that type of education, the type of coach that, that you and I are in the healers that we are, we're part of that team, you know, so you can be working through other things while also learning that skill and, and using that combination. As I always have, always talk about, I have, you know, a whole team of people who are my healers. I have my, my body workers and my emotional coaches and my, my networking in, in my coaching space um, as well. So, yeah, yeah the perfect compliment. I want to know, Josephine, what is one ritual or practice that you do that supercharges your well-being? If you had to pinpoint one that you thought was really valuable, what's the, what's the one practice that you do? It, it changes for me. I think the practice I do is getting up early when the house is quiet before my husband or son are awake. And so I have like an hour Sometimes I'm just using the 15 minutes for something for me, but it could be an hour if I want. But I have that time to do whatever I want um, that's going to ground me for today, for the day. So this morning it looked like pouring um, hot water over cut up ginger in a teapot and making a ginger tea, but not to drink. It was my feet. <laughs> so the ginger tea goes into the pot bath heaps of hot water into the foot bath and I just sit, I sat with my feet in the ginger foot bath. I hate the cold. It's freezing here at the moment. So I literally absorb that heat through my feet and just use it as a grounding practice to feel my life force energy from the earth coming up and to attempt to start the day turning my brain off and just being in my body. So there's usually a common thread. I'm usually making sure I keep my brain off and just starting that day by being really present with my body. And then no surprises, that's the time when all these little downloads land um, <laughs> that uh, I'm really grateful for in that stillness. So yeah, it's that space in the morning that I really love. That sounds divine. I'm going to try that, a ginger foot bath. Mm, that's beautiful. You know, if you think about how we breathe or some of those breathing exercises or some of those body scans for yoga, we always start with the feet and absorb and move upwards. So um, I love that, that it's sort of grounding because your feet are in that 
water with the ginger and absorbing upwards in the morning. Yeah, and then I put a little bit of um, oil on the bottom of my feet to like keep the heat in for the day. Um, socks, shoes, you know, it's yeah, it's really nourishing for the cold days. Love that. What about you? One of the practices that I've put in place that is, I think, has been the most powerful for me has been practicing gratitude. So right before bed, when I'm sitting in bed, I have a notebook beside uh, my bed and I write down in a journal three things that I was grateful for that day. And I think one of the things that makes that a really powerful practice is that once you start and when you know that you have to find three things at the end of the day to be grateful for, you start looking for them throughout the day. So it brings your focus and your attention throughout the day to finding those things that you can have gratitude for, even when you're in a space where maybe you're not feeling emotionally as strong as you would like to, or you, you know, having a really bad day when everything's going wrong or you feel like the universe is against you. When you have that challenge to yourself, knowing that you have to find something to be grateful for, you go looking for it. And that can be just the really small things, but it can bring a lot of reflection back, particularly to those days that are a struggle. You know, some days where everything's going right and you're celebrating and you're having those really wonderful times, it's really easy to find things to be grateful for. But in those, on those other days where things are harder, it gives you a focus. And so that's been a really, really powerful thing that I've put into place. Mm. Also, for people who are going, I don't journal, I don't like writing stuff down, don't ask me to do that at the end of the day, we can practice gratitude without journaling as well. So even having that reflection to yourself, you can say it out loud at the end of the day. I'm grateful for those, uh, whatever it might be without having to write it down. It can just be released straight out into the world. We can also practice gratitude just with others. So instead of saying, I'm so sorry I'm late, you can say, thank you so much for waiting. I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful for your patience. So in that vein, thank you all listeners for being here today in our first episode. We are really grateful for you and to be sharing this journey with you. I agree. We are so grateful to have you all here supporting our podcast and learning with us. We have seven episodes planned after this one, which we've tailored to make sure we talk about food, and, but more importantly than that, the emotional patterns under our ability to nurture ourselves. And that means it's not going to be just about food. It is going to be about nurturing yourself and your soul deeply. So you can find us at Outside the Square Podcast on Instagram. 
or Outside the Square podcast on any podcast platform. We would love you to follow us on whichever platform you use. Like, share, subscribe if anything resonates with you so that other people in your life can also hear this information, which we know is going to be so valuable. We cannot wait to share that with you. So until next week, let us know your questions. If there's something specific around food or well-being or body or emotions that you want to hear about, reach out, let us know, and try a wonderful morning or evening routine before next week. Give it a try. Tell us how you get on. I'm going to certainly try having a ginger bath. So tune in next week to see how my foot bath goes. And can't wait to, to see you then. Before we finish up today, we would like to acknowledge the original custodians of the lands on which our podcast is created. The Ngāi people of Aotearoa, New Zealand. And the Camaragal people of the Eora Nation, Australia. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, and to all our listeners who identify as Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander or Māori. We love connecting with you, our listeners, and talking about the topics that mean the most to you. Reach out to us on Instagram at Outside the Square Podcast and let us know what you want to hear more of. Until next week, keep stepping outside your square. And that's a wrap. We did it. We go. We did it. First podcast done. <laughs> <laughs>